Welcome to A Security Life, the podcast, brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and industry trends with security professionals and personalities from across Canada. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Security Life, a podcast brought to you by SBNT News, the foremost media source for security and alarm dealers, integrators, resellers, and vendors in Canada. My name is Paul Grossinger, and as group publisher of SBNT News, I am honored today to speak to Victor Harding, president of Harding Security Services and a proud member of and contributor to Canada's alarm industry since the early 1990s. Victor, welcome to A Security Life. Thanks, Paul, for having me. I hope this can be an interesting podcast for you. Uh, I'm sure it will. I look forward to our conversation, and let's get started. I I was on your LinkedIn profile this morning, uh, and I noticed that you um, worked at McKinsey before entering the alarm industry in 1994. Um, Why the alarm industry, and how did you get started? Let me first say that my time at McKinsey, which is a leading management consulting firm in the world, was has been very helpful to me in the arm industry uh, because McKinsey teaches you great uh, analytical and presentation skills, both of which I need in my current job. But to answer your question, uh, there's really no connection between McKinsey and the arm industry other than after when I, I left McKinsey, I was looking for a company to buy and run myself with my partner, and we just accidentally came across Alliance Security uh, in Cambridge, Ontario. And so um, what drew you to Alliance and entering the alarm industry at that point? I think in hindsight, the biggest issue that drew us to Alliance uh, and the security industry was the recurring monthly revenue. Uh, That's a recurring theme in the industry today, and that was certainly one feature that separated Alliance from from many of the other businesses that my partner and I looked at. Uh, Yeah, and I think that uh, recurring revenue is a a huge issue today and has been for a long time. Uh, Just um, reminiscing a little bit, what was it like back when you started Alliance? Uh, What was the market like? What was the competition like? What was the makeup of the overall industry? So I think the biggest difference, Paul, between then, which was in 1994, and now was that people were still selling alarm systems and making money on the installations. Uh, And I'm talking mainly here, the residential market. Uh, Very soon after we bought Alliance Security, the market went through uh, a dramatic change and we saw the advent of people offering to install systems for free uh, in exchange for a three to five year monitoring contract. And that made a huge difference to um, our network of franchise dealers. That was probably the biggest change. Right. And from a technology perspective, were you involved on the technology side of it? Did you hire experts to manage that side of the business? Alliance Security at that time had three different parts to it. It had the franchising uh, entity, which was called Alliance Security. And then it had Bonray Protection, which was uh, an equipment company. And, and that company was set up to 
buy equipment and then sell it to our franchisees. And then the third part of the company was we had a ULC monitoring station. And quite frankly, of the three, the ULC monitoring station was by far the most valuable. So all of our dealers monitored their accounts at our station, which was ULC approved and based in Cambridge, Ontario. I see. And then uh, just following a little bit more of your history and in industry, I know you uh, you ended up at Voxcom. Can you talk about how that came about and your experience at Voxcom? What became clear uh, pretty quickly after we bought Alliance Security was that with the market changing and alarm systems uh, being put in for free, that what our dealers were needing most of all was financing. And of course, we had 50 of them. And if our dealers were to keep up with what was going on in their individual markets, they were having to put systems in for less and less money. And so what they were finding was that they needed money in order to stay in business. So uh, we made a determination the best thing to do was to, to sell. And again, rather coincidentally, Brad Sparrow was a friend of my my partners, and um, he was looking for uh, a network of dealers in Ontario, and so we did a deal, and uh, that happened in late 2000, pardon me, late 1996, early 2007, and I joined Voxcom as a senior person. In brief, I have some experience with uh, Voxcom, with uh, Brad and Pat Sparrow, who were there. Can you talk about sort of your role at Voxcom and and how you saw that company grow over the years? My role uh, quickly fell into the responsibility for helping Voxcom develop an authorized dealer program on the one hand, and secondly, uh, helping them to find smaller dealers to buy. Because um, what was occurring in 1997, 98, 99 was that um, various players in the industry were starting to roll out authorized dealer programs to attract uh, dealers to put on their accounts with their station. So these would be companies like Counterforce and ADT and Mikrotech uh, were the three. And Voxcom very quickly. Uh, became a competitor in that market. At the same time, those same companies, uh, in order to grow, were also setting about to try to find smaller alarm companies to actually buy. So those were the two methods that companies grew at that period of time. And I played a role in that for Voxcom. And given the fact that you've been in this industry um, since 1994, what have you seen sort of the big stories or milestones of this industry over this time? Well, the first thing is um, the drop in price to for residential alarm systems. There's no question that that had a major effect. Uh, I mean, I would argue that some of the alarm dealers that are authorized dealers for companies like uh, ADT, Protectron, when it was there, uh, SecureTech today and Counterforce are authorized dealers because they can't compete in the residential marketplace 
without the use of an authorized dealer program. So that drop in price for residential systems mainly was a big factor. I think the second biggest factor uh, is the advancement in technology. So the first advancement was uh, that happened sort of in the late 90s was uh, panels becoming, you know, downloadable, uploadable. In other words, if you were to keep up to date, you had to make sure that you bought into the iteration of Honeywell or DSC uh, panels that were upload, download. And uh, that was a big step uh, at the time and probably occurred over a period of, you know, five to eight years. And then in the last five years, of course, Paul, uh, something you're aware of is the advent of what I call interactive panels. So technology has played a big role. And from a, a business perspective, we've both seen sort of big names coming into the industry, the Rogers, the Telus, or the, the Telcos and the Cable Cos. Um, what impact do you think this has on the industry? Is it a positive one, a negative one? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I may not agree with um, some of the comments that have uh, come out south of the border, which have been saying that really the telcos haven't had that great an impact. I actually think that in Canada, they've had a fairly large impact. So for example, uh, I think that Rogers, you know, particularly in the province of Ontario and, and maybe even more focused in Toronto, has made it considerably harder for an independent alarm dealer to get new residential business. And very recently, I heard uh, from dealers when I was at uh, ISC a couple of weeks ago that TELUS is having the same effect in the lower mainland in Vancouver. And that is that if you're an independent residential alarm dealer, it's tough or much tougher getting a new residential account simply because TELUS is in the market offering things that an independent dealer just simply cannot do. So I think that the telcos have had a, a pretty dramatic effect on the residential market uh, in Canada. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, that's probably a common theme and a, a common thought. Um, given um, what you do today and the services uh, that your company provides, what advice do you have security alarm companies who are interested in growing their business and potentially selling or buying a business? I spent... 10 or 12 years with Voxcom and Protectron, uh, helping them uh, find small dealers to buy uh, across Canada, because that became a very uh, acceptable and in fact, for the big guys, profitable way of growing their business. When I left Protectron, uh, what was in my mind was uh, that there needed to be in Canada a service to be provided to um, independent alarm dealers uh, to help them go through the sales process uh, if and when they were ready to sell. And, and why did I think that? Because I had been on the buying end and uh, felt, you know, that these independent alarm dealers really didn't have an independent voice or someone in their corner uh, looking after their interests when it came time to sell. So I I saw that there was a, 
uh, an opportunity or a niche there to provide that service. And and I still think that's the case. You know, you have to keep in mind that the the most of the bigger buyers have been doing this for years and have a great deal of ex experience and uh, are the ones that are drawing up the purchase and sale agreements. So stands to reason that if you're an independent alarm dealer and you're on your own, perhaps you need somebody in your corner to look out for, for you. So that was sort of really what got me going uh, in my business. And then very quickly after uh, uh, the first sort of three or four years in that, I spread my wings a bit and started to tackle fire companies, guard companies, and integration companies uh, in Canada and try to provide the same kind of service for them that I was doing for alarm companies. We've known each other for a long time. We speak to a lot of dealers and security professionals across the country. I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on sort of what you think the keys to success for today's alarm companies are. Well, that's a big question. Um, I've just written uh, an article for uh, your magazine, which talks about what we've been talking about in this podcast, which is how difficult the residential market is today for an independent alarm dealer. So I certainly don't would not recommend today that somebody build their business uh, on trying to penetrate the residential business in Canada unless they have deep pockets. So that that would be number one. Uh, number two, you know, by a process of elimination, that suggests to me that they ought to be looking at the small commercial market, the SME market, or even larger systems. Uh, and that seems to be where the majority of independent alarm dealers that I run into are spending their time. Uh, so I think that I would be thinking more commercially and institutionally uh, for sure. A couple of other things that um, I see, and that is to make sure that you're property capitalized. I think that one of the benefits of the alarm industry perhaps is its drawback, which is that it's been an industry easy to get into. And, and in some cases, people have gotten into it with, with not enough initial capital to really run the business properly. So so those would be my first two remarks. And then after that, I think it's, uh, you know, just comes down to all the skills that you would typically uh, see or want to see in a properly run business, which is that, you know, uh, they are uh, cost effective, uh, making the best use of their people. I mean, that's one of the recurring themes that I see when I'm selling uh, fire companies, it's very interesting f to me to see the difference between two different companies which have the same staff, but which are one company of which is able to service many more customers just by the way in which they've organized their workforce than another company. So all the standard things that you see in running a business, making good use of your staff and running a tight ship, I think are applicable to the security industry. And I think that uh, the industry is is definitely uh, in a growth pattern. I think uh, technology moves at a quick pace. Um, and we've had long chats about sort of what works in this industry and what doesn't work. Um, 
Is there anything that, that worries you about the future of the security alarm industry in Canada? I wouldn't say that it worries me. Um, I came from an industry. I was part of a family industry uh, going back into the uh, 60s and 70s when I or in the 70s when I first started working for a living. Uh, my father ran a, a major manufacturer and distributor of, of carpet, Broadloom. So, and that industry, uh, at least from the manufacturing and distribution end has died in Canada. So I think that one of the things I try to say to dealers and say in my articles that I write that is we are lucky to be in a growth industry and and we are in a growth industry. So I think that's a good thing. Um a couple of the things that that frustrate me, I don't know whether they necessarily worry me is the lack of uh financing available to the security industry in Canada. And in particular, I mean the lack of financing based on the value of RMR. Uh, and very specifically, what I'm referring to is that uh, in the States, they have banks and near banks offering financing based on the value of the RMR that we uh, to the best of my knowledge, do not offer in Canada anywhere near to the same degree. And I think that's a hindering uh, aspect uh, for the growth potential uh, in the industry. So that's one one issue that, that bothers me. If you can give us one or two pieces of advice on terms of growing their business and uh, reducing their attrition or finding new clients, what kind of advice would you give to our readers? The advice that I would have would be similar to the advice that um, other people uh, would give to anybody running a business in almost any industry. And that is things like try to find your niche so that there is a discernible difference between what you're offering, even as an alarm company uh, versus other alarm companies in the city of Toronto or wherever you're located. Uh, so I think finding your niche is, is extremely important. Um, secondly, don't uh, sell yourself too cheaply. I'm constantly amazed at uh, the low monitoring rates, for example, that we see, you know, uh, in the Maritimes, in Quebec, in Manitoba. And I just don't think that's necessary. So I think you've got to sort of sell your worth. And um, if you are an alarm business, then you've got to pay attention to some of the basics, which are finding out why customers leave you. And the other great uh, sort of variable that people talk about in the alarm industry, which I think is right, is trying to ascertain how much it costs you to create a new account. So too many, I think, alarm dealers in Canada don't pay attention to their attrition, how much it is, and why people are leaving them. And they don't pay attention to how much it costs them to create a new account. Victor, I think that's great insight and uh, and information you're providing. And I, I would just love to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, your story, knowledge, and experience have provided us with some great insight on the past, present, and future of this industry. Uh, and uh, I really thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Okay, Paul. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you for joining us, Security Life, the podcast brought to you by SPNT News. 
Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers and integrators. Visit sptnews.ca for more episodes.